0: You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast Episode 248, The Bad Guys. It's good! to today's episode hey there animation addicts i'm your host morgan stradling and i am chelsea robson chelsea do you prefer good guys or bad guys oh gosh (laughs) you can take that whatever Um, way you want to go with it huh (laughs) huh
1: well all right so on the one hand it's hard to not have some type of a of a Of an interest in the bad guy, just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. But it depends on how bad, obviously, (laughs) and in what way they are bad. Yeah, serial killer Um, bad? No, no, no.
0: (laughs) Not interested.
1: Like, is this going to be a possibly manipulative bad situation on my end? Probably not. But is this guy, like, you know, willing to have dessert before dinner? Well, you know, we'll go with that.
0: (laughs) wow that is bad (laughs) i'm not bad i'm just drawn this way (laughs) well today we are talking about dreamworks's new film the bad guys so we're going all in on the bad guys here we saw a press screening for it and we are so excited to talk about it with you guys so without further ado let's hop on to the main discussion So before we talk about our thoughts of this film, let's set the stage. So DreamWorks Animation Studios, it's directed by Pierre Perifel. The release date in the United States is April 22nd, 2022. It was released a few week, a week earlier in Israel, March 16th, 2022. The budget, very surprising for me, $80 million budget. And so far, it has done $52.5 million, which is a great sign considering it's not a, it's just in a few international markets right now.
1: We basically recorded this a week prior to it being released. We decided that we wanted to actually give people at least one weekend to see it yes. <laughs> before we start uh, talking about it like this, but, um, yeah. So even now in like only one country, maybe, maybe a couple other places It's almost met its budget, which is fabulous.
0: Excellent. Very, very
1: good, right? (laughs) (laughs) All the DreamWorks people are like, yes, please. (laughs) Post-pandemic, come on. (laughs) Yes.
0: We all are hoping for that. We are on your side. We are rooting for you. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, what's interesting about this film is that this is an adaptation. So this is based on a book series, which is a children's graphic novel series by Aaron Blabley. And it features these anthropomorphic characters known as the bad guys. It says, according to Wikipedia, they perform good deeds to change society's perception of them as criminals, despite their efforts usually going wrong. And there are quite a few of these in the series, about 15 episodes as they're listed, um, even though they are graphic novels. So very, very cool. I've never heard of this series. I think it's pretty cool that they're something that exists and that it's done incredibly well and that DreamWorks got the rights because I absolutely loved this movie. I loved this movie because I really, really loved the characters.
1: I did too. I felt like each one of the characters had like their own really fun personality that like meshed well. And like Fox, uh, the foxy girl, she had a fun little
0: like Diane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Diane. Yeah. I thought she was, I thought she was clever. Um, obviously she's a Fox, uh, but I just, there were a lot of fun things about it. And it was just so, it was just so straightforward as what you expect out of a movie. And it was just the epitome of, I just want to disconnect from reality and just enjoy. I something. want to go to and the movie exactly and have a this. good
0: time. I don't want to be preached to. I just want to enjoy myself at the theaters. And that's exactly what this movie was. And I think some of the things that go along with this is just the nature of this quote, bad guy. You know, there's so many movies about bad people, but because they're the main characters, you, you kind of like them, right? you you understand them Mm -hmm. and you feel for them. And this is a a caper heist movie. I very much felt that it was similar to Ocean's 11, which, Movies where they just have this elaborate plan to pull off a heist. And yeah. then there were multiple times where they do a heist and then they show you like a secondary heist that happened after the fact. Um, that's you see that a lot in Ocean's Eleven series. It it had similarities to that, which I could watch Ocean's Eleven every day of the week. I love that movie. And for that reason, I just really enjoyed myself. I think if done well, these heist movies are just so fun to see because it's like, how are they going to pull this off?
1: Yeah. 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 There are parts of it that it's like, yeah, OK, I can I, I can definitely see where this plot is kind of going. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I was there for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the characters because we were talking about that. We really enjoyed the characters. And so this is a, a gang of thieves and, and criminals, and they're all anthropomorphic animals that are typical bad guys that you would would see in storybook, you know, storybooks and tales and nursery rhymes. Right. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, let's talk about Mr. Wolf. He was voiced by Sam Rockwell, who I wasn't familiar with, but he's kind of the leader and he's suave and he's cool. And he is such a good character. Every time that he was on screen, I loved him. He's just suave and debonair. Um, yeah. His voice acting was fantastic. I loved his voice actor, Sam. I thought he did a, a fantastic job. And yeah. and then you really kind of relate with him. He's He has this dilemma that happens and he starts wondering, like, well, do we always have to be the bad guys? And and he starts Shifting away from the rest of the group. And and I just loved him. He's so smooth. He's He's, so cool. I just can't. And he has the coolest car. His
1: outfits were like spot on. Like, Mm -hmm. man,
0: you, Mm -hmm. you are
1: slick, man.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: I feel like one of the main themes of this was like, not necessarily that, um, this is who I am, but this is who society sees me as. And Mm -hmm. therefore I can't, I, why fight against what people already assume about me? And um, so in this case, he was the bad guy, the big bad wolf. He's always the bad guy in every movie. And they go they go through that at the very beginning and, and show you like, see, Little Red Riding Hood, all of these things. They, they say, I'm the bad guy. So why fight it? And then you have <laughs> um, the snake who he's probably one of the other. Mr. Mr. S- snake. Yes, yes. Mr. Snake, uh, as described as a sarcastic, safe cracking, eastern brown snake. And Mr. Wolf's second-in-command and best friend. He was, like, he t- he definitely has more of the uh, chip on his shoulder, uh, yeah. if he had a shoulder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Side
1: note, some of his costumes were, like, really great. I loved how— I
0: loved it. He had the Hawaiian shirt with the bucket hat. It's uh-huh. just <laughs>
1: perfect. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it really does have an Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Ten, Ocean's—like, Ocean's, like, Ocean's <laughs> Ten, too. Like, that's the girl one, right? Losandra Bullock, mm-hmm. and so later on we have Aquafina who comes in as Ms. Tarantula, and
0: she is basically plays the same part that she plays in Aw- Ocean's Ten. <laughs> yeah, Aquafina <laughs> as Aquafina, like instantly yes. once that Tarantula opened her mouth, I was like, okay, yeah, I know Awkwafina. exactly who you are. Like <laughs> you're Aquafina, <laughs> right? Who is so hot right now in movies and animation. This is I do, I know. love her though. I I'm she's great. I appreciate her in whatever she's in. Uh,
1: she fills that role well. They they always cast her in, in good roles. Um, but I also feel like she she's kind of like a and I it's I hesitate to bring Will Smith up <laughs> in current climates, but <laughs> I mean when Will Smith plays the genie, you know Will Smith isn't going to try to be Robin Williams. They hired him to be the Rob, Will Smith as the mm-hmm. genie, um, right. and it's kind of the same thing when you look at Aquafina. Like she, yes, yeah, she does have these other parts that are uh, very moving, and and she does a, um, she's an actress and does a great job. But she also has a personality that is very easily
0: marketable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and so when she does play these roles that play to that side of her, I
0: appreciate it because I like that. I like her. <laughs> so good for you. Mm-hmm. Then we had Mr. Shark who was voiced by Craig Robinson. So, of course, you know, the sharks are always the bad guys, the great white shark. You know, you're going to get eaten if you go in the, the water. Watch out for sharks, you know, which is not necessarily true. You know, a lot of these animals, right. you know, get, have a bad rap. And then we had Mr. Piranha, who's a red-bellied piranha, and he's the short he's the short guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the short guy.
1: The thing is about piranhas, like— I don't see them as ever having a good side, <laughs> like misunderstood. <laughs> like sharks. Yeah, they are misunderstood.
0: Tarantulas also, you know, they have they're like, friendly, right? Yeah. They don't bite. They're just because they're a spider and most people hate spiders and they are one of the biggest of the spiders. They get a bad rep. Right. And snakes also. I've told my story of my snake. Mm-hmm. The wolf, you
1: know, it's the ancestor to man's best friend. So obviously sometime they were pretty good. Mhm. <laughs> So all of these things, I'm like, but piranhas
0: being fish, and it's really i never just heard of any bloodthirsty. Uh, there's been very few experiences of, <laughs> of me and people with it, piranhas, but I've never heard of piranhas being good. Like, oh, or my pet f- piranha, or I, I went to I went <laughs> to the exhibit, we got to pet some piranhas today. It's just right. it doesn't happen. So afterwards, I was like, you know what, the piranha just didn't do it for me. I much rather would yeah. have preferred uh, him to be a skunk. Because I feel like skunks are misunderstood. I mean, if you leave a skunk alone, they're fine. I mean, and and so with Mr. Piranha, he had this stink thing with him. And it was just, yeah. uh, The stupid fart jokes in animated movies. And it actually did serve the plot. But why the piranha? Like, if a fish farts underwater, it just, like, (laughs) it didn't make sense. but. but, The skunk would have made so much more sense because then it it wouldn't have felt like a fart. Like, oh, gosh, here we are doing a fart joke again. It's like, oh, it's a skunk smelly joke. I can handle that. I don't know why the differentiation matters, but it does. It does. On TikTok,
1: there's somebody who has like a pet skunk and they've basically removed the the stink (laughs) sacks. And so it's basically a cat like that's how they end up acting amongst the other animals <laughs> right, it right. Like, acts like a cat well the, so, in, in looney just...
0: tunes there's the cat that he thinks it that peppy lepew thinks is a there skunk and that's the whole exactly bit <laughs> he, <laughs> he thinks she's one of them oh right 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 good times <laughs> uh, yes uh,
1: it's a good day when you can
0: reference looney Tunes. of course
1: or, yeah <laughs> becoming few
0: and far between nowadays
1: Uh, It is. It is. That's the main group of bad Bad guys. guys. And I I, I thought it was funny how they did actually, that was their name, quote, the bad guys, as opposed
0: to like, just being a, like, it's a proper name, (laughs) bad guys. No, I just, Uh, I I loved it. I loved how simple and straightforward this movie was. It's like, there's the bad guys, literally called bad guys and you know, good guys, but there, there were, well, just everyone else speaking of bad guys, I'm not bad and that's good. I will never be good. And that's not bad. There is no one I would rather be. <laughs> and they say to me, thank you are bad guy, but you are not bad guy. Bad guy. <laughs> See, this is Wreck-It Ralph was doing this too, oh, you know, the bad guy affirmation yes. that they went to their bad guy meeting. <laughs> that was one of the best... See? I
1: I should watch that again sometime. So, it's been a, it's been a minute. But that Bowser, scene oh, there's uh Zanghi. It's probably the best scene in, in animation. In animation. Maybe not, Maybe not wow. in animation. But definitely in yeah, I don't know. It's it's a great scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. So those are the bad guys. And then we have the new governor in town. She is a red fox governor, voiced by Zazie Beats. And her name is Diane Foxington, which we later discover is actually, in a former life, known the as Crimson. the Crimson Paw.
1: As I mentioned before, she's, she's sly. She's foxy. They have a really fun dance sequence where she and Mr. Wolf are... Our, uh, oh I must
0: have missed that
1: because here it says Mr. Oh, Wolf yeah, Mr. Yeah.
0: Wolf's love interest and I'm like I didn't I didn't really get
1: the love part of this there wasn't ever like a, a moment of like this is my love interest
0: but it was definitely like they were always flirting with yes. the whole thing yeah totally so I guess it's time for Morgan's theater report since Mason's <laughs> not here I will take yes. on the burden so Chelsea and I saw this as a press screening and some of these press screenings are exclusive press. And other times it's press with a public screening. And this was the latter. And so the whole theater was jam-packed, lots of families, lots of kids, and then the press seats. Chelsea and I went, and I brought my kids, who are five and three years old. So my son and my daughter. We're watching the movie, and my daughter is just... She she has a shorter attention span when it comes to movies. She'll watch 15 minutes and then she's like, okay, I'm bored. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go play going to do this. And so, you know, about 30 minutes, 45 minutes into the movie, she was kind of like curling in a ball and, you know, laying on the recliner because these are the fancy recliner seats. And I'm like, okay, she's clearly bored. Um, She was doing that this morning that morning, um, but I didn't really think anything of it. Well, next thing I know, I look over and she is literally throwing up. All over herself, oh. on her oh. body, on her pants. It's all over the chair, and I'm like horrified because that's oh, no. never anything that you want happen. And you, if if it's going to happen, you would prefer it to be, on, especially on the fancy chairs. On the fancy <laughs> chairs, it's like, can I can this not be just on the concrete? No, it had to be on like the fancy. But at least they've upgraded, and they're not fabric chairs anymore because, Roof. oh yeah. So oh. I'm just like, I look at the press people, and they're like, it's okay, it's okay. And so I I pick her up and. Uh, we we leave and then they inform the movie theater what happened. They're like, no worries, we'll clean it up. And so I go to the bathroom with her, have her stripped down to her underwear because it's all over. Uh, We wash her clothes. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I'm not putting (laughs) wet clothes back on her to have her go sit down. And at this point, it's like, okay, if this was a normal movie screening or movie, we would leave, right? Right. But I need to see this for my review. (laughs) So, and Chelsea and my son are in there. So I'm like, we got to go back. So luckily this just happened to be at a movie theater that was directly attached to a mall. So no further than 200 feet away was an H and M. So I march her into the H and M in her undies and we go (laughs) and I'm like, well, I'm not going to, she already has so many clothes because we have a friend who um, has just one daughter, one son, and they just give us all of their hand-me-downs, which are basically new. So, my daughter has no need for clothes. Very blessed in that way. Uh, so I'm like, well, I don't need to buy a shirt and a pants for her. Like, she already has so many clothes I don't know what to do with. You know, we end up donating them to other families. So I have her pick a dress. She picks out a dress. She puts it on. And we go back. And when I come back, the, the seat is completely clean, not, as if nothing had happened, not even wet to the touch. And we sit down and we go and we watch, finish the rest of the movie. So not enjoyable in the least. Do not recommend. I didn't. Here's the thing. I
1: didn't even notice them cleaning it.
0: Is it <laughs> what?
1: Like, you were so into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but, I, well, I just, I saw you. I you imagine that there was a huge please. crew
0: of people who went and cleaned that. Clearly not if you did not even notice. No. <laughs> um.
1: And I think they probably came in on the other side, like. Because they didn't pass in front of me, but we were like, which is kind of weird, because like we we were on on the the end. end. Yeah, yeah. But they. So anyway, the they had these um i just there was one point in time <laughs> where graham realizes that you're gone and it was like a couple minutes later like he didn't even he was that into the movie that he didn't even realize it mm-hmm. and he just starts like spinning around like antics like what happened where's my mom yeah and i'm like dude it's okay she'll be back they just went to the bathroom or something and he's just like oh okay and it's like way back to normal few. but <laughs> yeah a few but um yeah, I didn't even realize that they came in to clean it. Maybe I did notice somebody coming past, but I, I well, yeah, I was, I was enthralled by the movie.
0: It was a good movie. That's good. That is a great sign. You could have vomiting happening next to you and full cleaning crew and don't even notice. Nope. So going back to Diane Foxington. So there's this clearly a scene where they're dancing. Um, there's at a, a different event. I missed that, which is a bummer because I really liked the chemistry that they had, the little that I saw. But one thing that I loved about her, her dresses were impeccable. Mm-hmm. Her dresses mm-hmm. were amazing. They were on point. They were classy. Very stylish. They were very stylish. I love them. So mad props to the costume designers because they did a really, really good job. And I noticed So, you know, at the dance, (laughs) 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 I recognize recognize (laughs) that you did a good job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was the one outfit that I love the best was when they were dancing Mm -hmm. and it's like a pantsuit with a, like, it's a, like a blue, um, really shiny kind of material. Mm -hmm. And then like this, but it had like a, a skirt that was over the pantsuit. So it was like super, super fab. It wasn't a cape, but it's like if a dress had a cape around the hips, you know, that's kind of what it looked like. And so as she's like doing these high kicks and stuff, it's like throwing the back to the back and just like really showing off this outfit. I was like, oh, I'm into this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just felt like her whole style, like her whole persona was really good. Yeah. And later on when they when they bring in that she is the crimson paw and that she has changed her her life and made it gone from being the lady thief to (laughs) to be like miss governor yeah
0: uh it's pretty cool on the wikipedia page it has she's revealed (laughs) to be a former lady thief and it has a hyperlink to the wikipedia page so i'm like i'm interested click and (laughs) it brings me to the page for gentleman thief and it says a gentleman thief gentleman burglar lady thief or phantom thief is a stock character in fiction. A gentleman or lady thief usually has inherited wealth and is characterized by impeccable manners, charm, courteousness, and the avoidance of physical force or intimidation to steal. Oh. So I did not know that this was um, a lady thief was a thing, Mm. but it is. So let's see other famous lady thieves oh uh, uh, it only felicia
1: hardy the black cat from <laughs> spider-man
0: yes 100% lady thief well selena kyle catwoman from batman yeah right says, right right uh, danny ocean Carmen is, is danny... <laughs> 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 for danny ocean he's a gentleman's thief in oceans 11 i'm trying to see any any others that are the, I, I don't like that they just combine gentleman, lady thieves. This makes it hard for me to find what I'm looking for. But yeah, I mean, Flynn know.
1: Rider, would you consider him a gentleman? I don't thief? consider him a gentleman thief because he doesn't he doesn't come from money. No. and he is 100 percent like motivated by riches. Right, <laughs> so right. I don't
0: see him as that. Yes, we'll have to do a nerdy couch discussion on our favorite gentleman thief and lady thieves. <laughs> uh yes (laughs) chelsea's like "Uh, no this wasn't i mean this works for me (laughs) this was the the dirty cap discussion okay great so uh, that's the end of that chapter okay so (laughs) the only other real characters of note is this professor marmalade or marmalade the fourth and he's a pompous Mm -hmm. guinea pig philanthropist who turns out to be the bad guy so he tries to frame the bad guys um for him who is actually the bad guy. The plot of this was really funny. It, there was this meteor that hit L.A., and I really loved that it was set in L.A. It just totally mm-hmm. worked for me. Um, I was talking with our fellow Roto-Writer, Rachel Wagner, and she mentioned the same thing. She says, most animated films are set in fake cities, but I enjoy, but she really enjoyed that this one was L.A., and I have to agree with that. This It was just, it was just kind of like a gritty, fun L.A. Anyways, this meteor hits it, and it happens to be in the shape of a heart. And it turns out that it's a power source, which of course, like how, how many well, su- it is. superhero or just action films? It's like, we must find this power source classic, but that's <laughs> what I loved about this film. It's like, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. No, um, they're kind of taking these things that have been tried and true and done before and just, just going with it. And, and the film actually is described as having a similar twist on the heist genre that Shrek did on fairy tales and what Kung Fu Panda did for the Kung Fu genre And I completely agree. This is just the like a a spin, a twist on heist films in animation form and did such a great job. So, yeah. So what I thought was really interesting, actually, was that we have these anthropomorphic characters and it's really just like the main bad guy crew. It's uh, Foxington, Marmalade. But then everyone else are humans, which was like kind of weird. But then I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just rolling with this. And I think it's great
1: it de- it definitely puts it back into um it makes it easier for them to be considered the bad guys because yes. they're everybody else is different so like everybody else is looking at them based on the stereotypical view because they're the only one of their kind but then um, what about the fox? So th- well, that's the thing. Like she was able to change it. Yeah. You know, she mm-hmm. that's she is part of that um that small group that is able to change how they are perceived. Right.
0: So, you know, what I thought was funny with the, there were quite a few different animation styles that they had just combined. And for some reason it totally works. The police force was more of this CalArt style, like bean mouth animation, similar Mm -hmm. to what we saw in turning red. You know, these are like Steven universe sort of, sort of films um, where it's, just the mouths are just like literally look like a big kidney bean, and they have these teeth. That's just like we're just <laughs> gonna draw the lines down the way, and it was funny because that's what they were, and they were stylistically so different than the bad guys or even Foxington, um, and some of the human they were there were more stylized than the other humans, like the reporter or just background, you know, generic background characters. So I just thought, it, and and even the way they moved was kind of like eight bit in nature, like kind of like Wreck-It Ralph going back to that, where yeah. you kind of like jumped from pose to pose. There wasn't this fluid animation in between, uh, very stylized. And I can't tell you why, but it totally worked. And I think they pulled from the graphic novel aspect of this. Mm-hmm. And I loved yes. it because if there was like a punch or a power or whatever, you would see those little, um, you know, waves <laughs> for lack of a better term action you know, that you would draw in a, in a still form, you know, those were there and I loved it. I just really, really, really loved it. I can't. And and the animation on the characters, like talking about the bad guys, it just was different. Like stylistically, it was kind of this watercolor. I can't say watercolor, but the way that the colors like blended into each other, it was very smooth and just beautiful and stunning. I can't put it into words precisely, but I, Love the art style of this movie. Yeah, I,
1: the, the two movies that came to my mind when I, I was watching it are, one, it was, in, it was the short, Paper Man, uh, because it had mm-hmm. the animation 3D, but with a overlay of, like, flat 2D. And then also it had a bit of the Peanuts kind of stylings. The characters themselves were rounded, but there were flat areas. Like, the, the face was flat, like, it was an actual drawn-on-flat, like, surface, mm-hmm. it seemed like. And so I felt like that kind of made things more accentuated and their talking style. And it added a little bit more of that, as you were talking about, that um, comic book-type graphic novel stylings to it. Yes. And I felt like that was—those two things were the—you know, well, like I said, those are the two things that I felt I connected dots mm-hmm. to. But mm-hmm. the whole thing, like, I just—
0: The whole time I'm watching, thinking, I really like this. (laughs) I really like how it's drawn. Exactly, exactly. And they did a really good job of En Media Res, where you start in the middle of an action. And so you didn't have to kind of like, they explained who they are without really having to explain who they were. So they're in the middle of a heist. They're all five of them are together. They are driving. And I cannot say it again enough. This car, car. the car was Mm -hmm. so cool because it was just kind of like this sedan kind of 80s and when i was looking at the credits they it was had, a muscle car they had a specific person that was the mr wolf car designer so like one uh-huh. guy's job specifically but it must have been I, I don't know if he worked in the studio or if it was a contracted out sort of thing like a famous uh, car designer or whatnot which which happens a lot in these movies um but i was like well that money was well spent because every time that car came on scene, I was like, "I want this car. This is so cool!" And it was very important to Mister Wolf. But so we start this action scene where they're in the middle of robbing a bank—pretty classic, fair stuff, right? And then we're introduced to each one of the characters um, and and what they are, what their specialty is, how they help the the group, and they get away. And and you know, then we see the police. You know, we're introduced there, and it just. It was such a great way to introduce it, to make it exciting, to make it fun, to say, like, this is the wild ride that you're in for. And it's going to be a good time. Mm -hmm.
1: And point where he's he kind of breaks the fourth wall, not kind of he completely breaks the fourth wall Mm -hmm. and is talking directly to the audience for that split second at the very beginning. And then also at the very end yes, where he's just like, come closer. Oh, you don't (laughs) want to get that close? It's because we're the bad guys, isn't it? Uh, Yes. (laughs) The writing (laughs) is great. Whatever. Yeah, it was it was very clever especially as they got a little bit further on and he it shows his transformation of going from being the bad guy and loving it mm-hmm. to like there's have, something there more a, well yeah there's something more <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to steal a purse from an old lady uh-huh. and he's going down and then all of a sudden she's about to fall and so he's like ah crap well i better save her and then she turns around holds his paws and look and looks up at him and is like you're a good boy and like his tail (laughs) starts to wag and he's just like oh oh, something has been awakened inside of me (laughs) what a great visual like it was such a great visual and i was like and throughout the whole time and then later on there's the moment where they all like something starts to wag as they start to like feel like i'm a good boy i can be good yes and like the shark like his fin starts wagging it's just
0: like it's so ridiculous you know there was a <laughs> was huge so mister there was a huge missed opportunity to redo the design of the snake to have him be a rattlesnake because that mm-hmm. would have been awesome and then you know when he gets excited his is um, yeah you know <laughs> his tail rattles <laughs> But yeah. at the same time, rattlesnakes really only do that when they are being bad, and they're like, "Get the heck away from me!"
1: <laughs> well, they do that when they're saying, "Yo, st- step back!" Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> his
1: shoulder, like he, he like he doesn't have shoulders, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like he, going back to some of his costumes, there was one costume where he had like arms kind of just built into the jacket. Yeah even though he doesn't have arms, but it's just, he's trying to look like a different thing. Like, I don't know. There were all these little funny things that I just really enjoyed. And I felt like you guys did a great job. Yeah. So when it came down to the music, I'm listening to it. And there's certain moments where I, I love how in movies you're able to accentuate the plot by the type of music that you throw in there. And like, there's one point where you could tell that it was like a joke or it was a funny type moment. And so the music kind of reflects that to add more uh, emphasis in that. So there were several of these moments that I felt like it really worked with the story. And it was, you're not really supposed to note it. Like, well, you can do two ways. One, you can make the music as one of the central character or characteristics of a film or you can make the music or the score as being just the thing that kind of enhances the experience as you're watching it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one was more of a enhancement. I only noticed it in certain moments when they were really trying to drive home a plot point
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or a feeling within a pl- plot point. Uh, it was all done by Daniel Pemberton. Mm-hmm. And Daniel actually was also he did all the music for Into the Spider-Verse. I, it's interesting when you take a look at the difference between these two. Where into the Spider Verse, I feel like was much the music was used as much more of a characteristic of the film and even a character voice mm-hmm. to, in, um, as opposed to over here where it was much more of an enhancement. So it's it's interesting. I don't necessarily think that one is better than the other. It really depends on the story and what they're trying to get across. I noticed good things about this one, mm-hmm. and I also loved the the one for into the spider verse so yeah random side note i was looking for different interviews with daniel this morning and i came across one it's a youtube channel called like where they do a segment called creative cribs (laughs) and it's basically they just go into these musicians producers whatever their houses and the guy's like hey show me all of your all of your gear basically and it goes through he's been doing this since like the early 90s and so the types of gear that he has it like it just takes me back because like my parents have always been into music and recording things and so they have like old reel to reels they have the like basically as music has progressed it has gone through different mediums as uh, you know even younger listeners would recognize you went from maybe remembering the CD to now remember streaming and mm-hmm. even Uh, vinyl is coming back millennials are like oh give me the vinyl (laughs) so anyway it's just (laughs) for nerds like myself who appreciate just random (laughs) types of of changing of the creative formats it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. um but yeah anyway little plug
0: for creative cribs nice (laughs) creative cribs So I will have to say that I think this is one of the best DreamWorks films that I have seen in a long time. Like this yeah. is very much needed for DreamWorks. So I'm just pulling up the DreamWorks page that has their most recent films. Very impressive that this is the 42nd film that they have done in animation. Is and, really And impressive. Disney is, is, you know, in the, I think, 60 right now. So within just a few decades, they've really have quite a few output, but... Um so looking at recently that's come out, the Boss Baby family business, Spirit Untamed, Croods a new age, Trolls World Tour. So a lot of sequels, Abominable, How to Train Your Dragon. I'll I'll just talk about the the originals, not the so Captain Underpants, Boss Baby, Trolls, Home, uh Penguins of Madagascar, you know, Turbo, the Croods. I mean, there's Rise of the Guardians, you know, now we're going back about 10 years. You know, they're they're recently I don't know, they this for me is the best. DreamWorks film in probably the past five years. These other ones, you know, like I I didn't see the second Croods movie. Trolls World Tour was OK. Abominable, I thought was kind of OK. Captain Underpants, I thought was OK. Boss Baby was good. Trolls, obviously phenomenal, but that was 2016. So, you know, it's been six years. So I'm really excited that they're that this one is just so far and away good. I really hope people go and see this movie that there's a lot of word of mouth. I know as soon as the embargo lifts on this, we're recording this prior to um, the embargo and when the film is released. But as soon as it does, I'm going on my social media and letting everybody know because I just had such a fantastic time watching this movie.
1: Yeah. I've said this on multiple occasions that I feel like DreamWorks movies are Mm underappreciated because you have a lot of really great writing and just a lot of talent that is at DreamWorks and, Because maybe it just doesn't have the the social community um, Mm -hmm. based around their animation. Like it doesn't it's never going to get the same amount of hubbub as um, what a Disney film would get. Yeah. Right. And so that's an interesting nerdy couch discussion as far as like how does one create (laughs) the hubbub? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This like cultural connection between a brand of theaters. I mean, and I think a Disney lot of it is, is because just decades and
0: decades and decades of your right. parents growing up with it, you growing up with it, just hitting this apex of popularity right. that there's just so much momentum behind every new thing that they have. And at this point, you know, DreamWorks has that, but it's totally not the same. It's, it's not to that level.
1: I mean, you also have the parks. You also have all these, you know, everything kind of feeds into, each other yeah i believe but yeah i mean props to everyone at dreamworks for putting out such a great film really enjoyed it all right so what would you rate it see that's a hard thing like because i don't know if i would rate this as like a five-star film Uh because you know it's not i wouldn't say that this is culturally significant as a movie that will like change how we movies are done yeah it was just it was done extremely well for what it was trying to do.
0: So because of that, I would probably give it
1: four stars, Mm
0: -hmm. four and a half. I'm with you. I'm, I'm debating between four and four and a half. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. This was such a fun, wild ride. It, it had the intention of, of putting a twist on the heist genre. And that's where I think the movie does best. Anytime that they're doing a heist, a caper doing something bad that it it really does shine. And I really just love the twist of the governor being actually a bad guy. Uh, I didn't really see that coming at all. The designs were just so well done. If you look at the original bad guys, graphic novels, these are totally different designs. Like those are kind of really really goofy and very kiddish and totally a different vibe but they really sophisticated the designs and transformed it into something new and it's it's its own thing. Um I'm not sure, you know, maybe some plot lines were taken from the novels. I I don't know. But the way that they were able to incorporate everything, the journey of Mr. Wolf and his transformation and and his inner conflict that he had, I thought was so well done. I he is very much a Danny Ocean sort sort of character where yeah. he is just smooth and suave and debonair and every time he opened his mouth i loved it i could not get enough of that character and i can't say that about a lot of characters in in animated movies where um you're just so endearing and that's the thing like he's supposed to be super charming um i, I there was one moment where they have him dressed they're they're doing the mock being good guys Um, training and he's dressed as a grandma and it's just the just little puns (laughs) like that where he's you know the big bad wolf in you know dressed as grandma for gold for little red riding hood and they kind of did these little plays on each one of the characters which i thought was a wolf in sheep's clothing (laughs) yeah it was great and i think he really led the show while everyone else was really great as secondary characters and foxington was probably my second favorite character. I just loved everything about her. One just thing that was kind of disappointing at the end, like I really wanted them to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh dang it. And <laughs> his car was boss and I loved it. So I'm going to give this movie 4.25. Is that, can I do that? I'm going okay. go to give a 4.25. Okay. Um, <laughs> if I had to go see this again next week with you know another group of friends or family, like I'd absolutely go and i'm really yeah. happy for dreamworks and i i just hope this goes well and if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it go see it go support them I'm a big fan of this movie and i'm i'm pumped to see what dreamworks has next based on based on this which which we've talked about is puss in boots, boots the last wish <laughs> so you know <laughs> as there's— as we were watching
1: you ha- you had some or as we were leaving the, the studio there were some big posters for Puss in Boots the and Mm -hmm. I was just like telling Morgan I was like oh every every studio is basically taking all of their biggest franchises and putting out a sequel right now because they're just like
0: I need some recognition get people to the theater this works yeah so this is obviously (laughs) a huge risk post pandemic it's you know these new films that maybe um don't have that notoriety um so I really hope this does well It's, it's, it's in kind of a weird time slot. It's this April, so it's not quite the spring break, you know, March, which seems to do really well, but it's leading into summer. Uh, I, I really hope that goes in its favor where it's able to get some momentum leading to, you know, end of school summertime. I would like to see this one do really, really well at the box office. So, yeah, yeah. Good times. All right, guys, let us know your thoughts on the bad guys. Do you like it? Is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Let us know in the comments. Go to rotoscopers.com/slash 248. And of course, you can catch us on Instagram. Let us know there. Alright, so our next episode, we're gonna be talking about our favorite montage songs in Disney animated films. So if you haven't, be sure to subscribe for that one. And that's all that we have for today. Until next time, we, we are the rotoscopers. rotoscopers. am recording is your recording set to your microphone yes uh are you recording yes do you have headphones on yes i mean i guess i don't really have to ask that one but i guess that's not for us that's for hey you know what the pilots have to do their checklist even if it's the most obvious thing in the world (laughs) we do our checklist dang it (laughs) is recording a backup yes 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 and yes perfect Let's do this before the baby wakes up. Let's do it. Sorry, I'm
1: still not sure about that. Neither am I, Siri. I am not Siri, sure. Get
0: out of here. We like <laughs> Mr. Wolf. I don't know about you. <laughs> t- You're not on the podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag animationaddicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on youtube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news reviews and interviews thanks for listening